0: Hey, today's episode of the Rewatchables on the Rigger Podcast Network is brought to you by Sling TV. Millions of people have cut the cord started slinging because slinging is about freedom. No long-term contract, customize your channel lineup, even charge it from one month to the next. So catch the latest shows, live sports, and hit movies, including today's Rewatchable. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, starting at just 25 bucks a month. Open up your relationship with TV. Start slinging. Go to sling.com slash rewatchables Special offer just for our listeners. 14 days free. Enter the promo code ringer. Sling.com slash rewatchables. Promo code ringer. Offer available to new customers only. Availability may vary by location. Other restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by Bud Light. Did you not know all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients? Well, that was news to me. Bud Light changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. I know that means a lot to Chris Ryan. Absolutely. You like to know what's on Transparency the Transparency in beer. Bud Light brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup, no preservatives, no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light. Enjoy responsibly. AB Bud Light beer. St. Louis, Missouri. I love BL. Are those sad tissues or happy tissues? <laughs> Forgetting Sarah Marshall is coming up next. Peter, as you know, I love you. Are you breaking up with me?
1: Everywhere I look, I'm reminded of her.
0: Why don't you go on a vacation? I could go to Hawaii. Welcome to Turtle Bay and enjoy your stay.
2: Peter,
1: what are you doing here?
0: This spray. Get
1: out of your head. It's really nice out here. Are you going to die for what? I'll jump! <laughs> <laughs>
0: Universal Pictures presents Oh, hey You're welcome to join us, obviously Okay (laughs) Forgetting Sarah Marshall
1: That's a great necklace, Liz Did you have that a second ago?
2: Oh, that's gross
0: All right, Chris Ryan is here Sean Fennessy is here We're talking about the 2008 classic Forgetting Sarah Marshall Recommended by Craig, the producer.
2: Congrats to Craig. We're going to do Fletch this week.
1: Blame him. Yeah. Anybody who's older than 25 and you you were like, where's my Fletch pod? It's Craig's fault.
0: Yeah. Please,
2: please tweet at Craig, the most powerful member of the Rewatchables
0: team. But here's what happened. I made him watch Fletch anyway. I pretended that we were going to do Fletch today and he watched it and he really liked it. Yeah, he was so like, at it was some point good. we're going to do Fletch. Yeah. yeah. He's like, pretty good. We're <laughs> definitely going <we're> to <laughs> do Fletch. Funny. We're going to do Fletch though. We'll do Fletch. Okay. But uh, we want to do this one just because uh, he planted the seed. I watched it again. I really enjoyed it. And uh, I actually, I'm going to start here. You can make the case this is aged the best of any of the Apatow comedies from the 90s, or from the 00s.
2: I assume that this would be a big part of the conversation. The The, the Aptovian era.
0: Stoller as like the almost,
1: not the better Apatow, but the kind of, he's like perfected a certain formula. Yeah. Yeah. So do you agree or disagree? Which one has aged the best out of all of those? Well, it's an interesting conceit for this specific podcast because I think that five-year engagement and forgetting Sarah Marshall, which both of which have flaws and everything, but like when they're on TV, I'm just kind of like, yeah, yeah. I kind of like this movie a lot. I forgot this guy's in it. I forgot this this part happens. Whereas with knocked up and super bad. Uh, I feel like I those are just like kind of like ingrained in my mind the way like any eighties comedy would be sort of like one of the like classics I've grown up with like I don't know that I I can watch Knocked Up again I've seen it so many times but I continue to find these like really surprising and thoughtful and interesting. I think I have a bigger
2: relationship to Super
1: Bad.
0: Yeah, uh, I do too.
2: I, I this is a really good movie though. It's re- It's really um, coherent in a lot of ways. It's not. It's not just like a sticky comedy. It's trying to say something, which is, seems kind of silly given what's happening inside the movie and the setting and everything. But it has, a, it has like a little bit of heart, but it's also not trying to be a story that tells like what it's like to be a 40-year-old man. Yeah. You know, a lot of the movies that Apatow writes and directs himself, he has these like heavy themes. and He's like, I'm going to explore this stuff. This is like a populist comedy that also has
0: something to say. So, Apotow script advice to Jason Segel, who is the star and screenwriter of the movie. I want the first draft you give me to be a drama. Mm-hmm. We'll make it funny. It's going to be funny because we're funny, and we're going to add jokes, and the people we cast will be funny. The reason people will see it and see it again and again, or connect to it, is because there's an underlying drama.
1: Pretty good advice. So this is one of those movies that uh, it's almost like a salary cap era comedy because you've got guys like Hader and Jonah early hater. Hater yeah. had been on SNL like, for like a year on their first deals. Yeah. And like now you probably couldn't schedule them, you couldn't pay them, you but like you've got like 3 to 7 people in this movie you're like holy crap, that guy just came in off the bench and and dropped 12 points and 5 Russell minutes. Brand. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so that's the crucial part about this movie is that like he's right. They did have funny people. They did have people who could just make like really liven it up when Siegel's crying for 10 minutes and then they could like really energize the movie. Yeah, you know, also I think my rule about weddings, movies that open
2: with weddings are always a go. Also, movies in Hawaii are a go, in mm, part because a lot of thoughts on talk this. about this. Yeah. People want to go to Hawaii now? and make a movie. They want to be yeah. in Hawaii to make the movie. Yeah. So even if it's a salary cap team and Jonah Hill isn't yet the Jonah Hill that we know it's still like, sure, I'll go to Hawaii for 15 days and make your movie. It's just such a no-brainer.
0: I was thinking how if we had the same philosophy at The Ringer, it'd be like, yeah, so we're going to do these rewatchables, uh, but we have to go to Hawaii and do yeah. them for, for we four We should weeks. get this podcast sponsored by the Hawaii, just, yeah, we're just, we're the Hawaii Tourism. Yeah, we're Hawaii. they're sponsoring us, so we're all going to go
1: down. Siegel went to Hawaii for a month before the filming to yeah. work on the script, quote-unquote.
0: Oh, yeah, to get a feel for... I mean Hawaii. When
1: they were like, I remember when Lost was going, and I was like, this show's gonna go for like 15 years because like why would you ever leave this place? And obviously it probably drove them a little nuts after a while being stuck out there. And like if you're yeah. if you're in Hawaii for a long time, you're like, this is my seventh thirty-five dollar cheeseburger of the day or whatever.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> a subtext of Hawaii, is how expensive it is. But the the idea of unbroken beauty and comfort is such an interesting core idea in the movie. You know, the idea that everything should be perfect when you're there and you feel terrible is one of the big
0: defining aspects. Sandler figured this out. (laughs) Yes. He's, He's made entire movie selections for four months of his career based on locations. Yes. Including Blended, which my kids love. Yeah. But Sandler's figured that out. He's made entire movie decisions based on this. There was also that, what was that one with Vince Vaughn? And like Peter Billingsley. Couple's and Retreat. Couple's yeah. Retreat. That was another one where yeah. it's like, hey guys. You guys want to go to Hawaii? Got this I, yeah. script. We could just go on vacation. We've, I would, by the way, totally do this. If it's, it's very telling actor. that no
1: one, with the exception of Descendants a little bit, but not really. No one ever makes the Dark Side of Hawaii movie. <laughs> They're always like, it's a movie set in a resort. Right. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, yeah, let's hang out at this resort for three weeks. Brady uh, Bunch even did it. Yeah? There is that one movie,
2: though, about the couple that is like kidnapped. That thriller. Do you remember oh, this? Oh, yeah.
1: The David Cap movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Oliphant's in that, yeah, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like it's called like Last Resort. Oh, Something like that. Yeah, like 08, 09. Like yeah, I've seen it's, that movie. It's in this same era. Oliphant's the kidnapper. Yeah. Wow, you just spoiled one of the most exciting movies.
1: <laughs> There's a really big twist in that <laughs> movie. Yeah, yeah. 11 years ago. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. But you're right. That movie starts very <laughs> idyllically, too. It's sort of like, it's beautiful. These people are on vacation. They're having a great time. It's the perfect place to go.
0: You can see why people would want to make a movie like that because you get to spend two months in in Hawaii. The worst case uh, scenarios of this were either what was the one with Claire Danes and Claire and Kate Beckinsale broke down broke palace? palace, broke down palace. Yeah, yeah that's like, hey, we're going go to Thailand. Oh wait, we're going to be in prison the whole time. <laughs> it's not great. And then, uh, and then the one with Naomi Watts where they get, the family gets hit by a tsunami. That's another one. It's like, yeah, it's travel vacation. Oh wait, oh there's a tsunami. Oh, that'll be a bummer. Those
2: are significantly different. Yeah.
0: yeah. Adam Sandler has this figured out.
2: The thing is, is Hawaii is one of the few things in my life that has lived up to the billing. Yeah. For years, I didn't go to Hawaii until I was in my thirties, and I, when I went, I was like pretty cynical. So I'd been cynical about everything that people tell you about in life. Yeah. I felt really lucky to be able and to go to Hawaii. Nuts, jets, and- yeah, I've just been let down time and time again. And then when I got there, I was like, oh shit, it's real. Like, this is actually really as great as everyone says it is.
1: But in the same way that you're talking about before, about like the kind of emptiness that you can still take with you there, I remember the first time I went to Hawaii, I went to Maui uh, the first year I was living in LA. So it was during the Spurs Heat Ray Allen shot finals. I don't know how I managed to go away during the finals. Thanks, Bill. And And. we arrived at in Maui and we arrived at the hotel and I remember it was like, it was June or whatever. And we went and they were like, you have two complimentary drinks at the Terrace Bar and you should go get them right now while we take your bags to your room. And we got there and it was kind of like weirdly overcast and cold and like these two birds came and like wouldn't stop, like wouldn't leave us alone. And we were like sitting there with our weird Mai Tais and we're like, does this suck? Does this <laughs> suck for a second? And then of course it turns into paradise, but there yeah. are moments there where you're like, I don't know how to adjust to being kind of waited on hand by hand and foot by yeah. the staff and, like, all the stuff that happens in Hawaii. And you kind of get that sense from this movie that he's, like,
0: uncomfortable with, with the paradise part of it. As a kid in the 70s, the two big Hawaii moments were the Brady Bunch three-part episode when Vincent Price stole the kids from Luau. <laughs> and then— uh, And it was three episodes spread over three weeks, which was a big deal back then. But then the other one was— um, I'm blanking. Oh, Charlie's Angels. Yeah. So, Charlie's Angels went to Hawaii and they had to like go to a nude beach and it was like kind of racy for late 70s standards. And that was Hawaii's been on my radar ever since after those two things. But for (laughs) pop culture, it's been on my radar. (laughs) South Beach and Hawaii Uh have always made whatever you're watching somehow like 28% better. Yeah. I don't like Pain and Gain, which I'm not even sure was even a decent movie.
1: Yeah, that Did was also one that, that we got, got so jacked up for that it would have to have been Citizen Kane to live up to what we thought it
0: was going to be. Yeah, but it was set in South Beach, yeah. and that carried a lot of ways. I also feel like the Florida Keys is really helpful, or when it, or like the bayou when it's super sweaty. Sure. There's certain locations that just really enhance mediocreness. This those, is not a mediocre movie. Yeah,
2: those right. movies are always kind of like steamy crime thrillers. Yeah. You know? They're like... Um, What's the Matt Dillon, Nev Campbell, Denise Richards wild movie? Things. Wild that's Things. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's wild a, that kind of like Body Heat. Yeah. Hawaii. Is beautiful. It's it like the,
1: the Alec Baldwin classic. Like Heavenly Creatures. Heavenly Creatures. Is it Heavenly yeah. Creatures? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Good one. Classic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> also, the thriller that we were talking about before is called The Perfect Getaway. Yeah.
0: And it's David Toohey. It's not. Uh, well, David I just Cowboys. ruined it for everybody. They're not going to watch it. Okay. So the other thing that I think really helps this movie, and I'm happy to have this conversation now. Kristen Bell and Mila Kunis, both throw a hundred. Really rare to have a movie that has two awesome, super likable actresses playing really good characters. Both those characters are really good. Like Sarah Marshall in the wrong hands is a disaster and a villain and she's just a bitch and you don't like her. And the way she unfolds in this movie, it's like, she's a, she's a bitch. She's a narcissist, but I actually kind of like her and I feel bad for her and I'm rooting for her. And, when she's trying to win Jason Siegel back, it actually seems like a good idea. Yeah. You've gotten sucked in. You know, you should do this, dude. And then obviously he doesn't want to, but
2: it's a little bit of a test run for her character on the good place because she's kind of an asshole, but you kind of like her and want to be around yeah, her. That's a good call. And that's what she's been working on. Yeah. And if you had a relationship with her before this, which I did, um, my wife's favorite show, maybe my maybe your favorite show of all time is Veronica Mars. Mm. And on Veronica Mars. She was not like this at all. No. She was very smart. She was sort of an outsider. She was, you know, she was like a a sleuth in a high school. And she had this kind of like, kind of tougher exterior. You know, she wasn't a glamorous TV actress in that show. So this was kind of a, kind of her redefining herself a little bit. Because she's obviously beautiful and she's very funny, but... She's really good in this movie. She is. And
0: Mila Kunis, who had just been that 70s show, and... Macaulay Culkin's girlfriend were basically Mm -hmm. her, the two things I knew about her leading into this movie. And And she had gone for the, the Katherine Heigl part and knocked up. Yes. Yeah. Which I have that in cast and what ifs. So Ah, hold that thought. Okay. Um, But just insanely likable. And this launched a really, really good 11 year career by her. This movie is
1: basically defined by these two, two things that happens. One, it's a love triangle where you're actually engaged with the possibility that the that peter could wind up with either one of these women because they're at it's not like when you're watching some romantic comedies and you're like like come on man you know who you're supposed to be with how what do yeah. what do we doing here greg kinnear are you kidding me like you gotta yeah. go but in this one you're actually like he just met rachel she's working at this hotel she's got her own life like he's kind of like in a weird space it's well, possible she gets,
0: she gets super crazy at that one scene with uh outdoors would uh, start yeah, the, the bonfire. so that's plants to see like ah maybe well there's just like maybe not as good all, as all those seems. things
1: he's there the entire time he's there he's pretty much pining after after sarah so she could be like i'm not so sure this is the right thing to do so that that suspension of disbelief that mystery kind of powers the movie and then the inverted the, the thing that that makes this movie so good is it is essentially a movie where it, it, it's about the breakup, but the person who's the hero of the movie is essentially like this emotional puddle rather yeah. than as somebody who's like defining their own reality. So he's always reacting to them, which is like the best part about it.
0: And usually the girl is the emotional puddle in the movie right. like this. And that this was one of the very smart things this movie did, is it flipped it and made this guy just an emotional disaster It is for a two hours.
2: It is a primary example of the thing that most of the Apatow comedies got accused of though, which is you have incredibly beautiful women pining after these schmoes like mm-hmm. Jason Segel is a little bit more handsome and a little bit more accomplished maybe than some of Seth Rogen's like characters Seth Rogen, yeah. or Steve Carell in 40 year old virgin but for the most part he's still this like galoof you know Like yeah. he's just kind of he's big and he's burly and he yeah, doesn't and he's really he's like
1: crying or naked for most of the movies yes. so you have to wonder like how how, what, how high his Tinder score would be at that point
0: if right, they had it right this is that whole generation, though, because every CBS sitcom was like this, too, or ABC. Two Guys and a Girl kind of thing, Jim yeah. Belushi married to Courtney Thorne Smith. Yeah. There's Although, 25 <laughs> examples of that. I
2: will say, having lived in Los Angeles for a long time now, though, there sure are a lot of beautiful women married to a lot of galumph-looking guys. You know, like, it's not totally out of the realm of possibility True. that something right. like this could happen. Maybe not in the Seth Rogen-Katherine Heigl variation, sure. but— I, it, it, this one isn't pointed to as frequently as those others. So I want to ask about so this. So you're saying LA
0: men out kicked their coverage?
1: Not <laughs> all of them. <laughs> Bill's lower jaw got like really steamy.
0: <laughs> like, not not all of them. <laughs> no, but I agree with Sean. I, I see it at the soccer games and the, the school things. There's a lot of a lot of couples in LA where you're like, really? It's like that it, guy, a beautiful <laughs> doctor by Dan the Dr. Pepper with hair from nothing dive? but trouble. Like, really? Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, yeah.
1: Huh. Um, what are other great breakup movies? So, wow. Most of them are not that funny. That's what, I mean, I was thinking about this because I was uh, my well, wife was rewatching
0: sections but not entire movies based on a breakup. Right. So like My Singles has the whole section where absolutely, they Absolutely yes. and say anything has yeah. probably the most like
1: affecting like breakup, but yeah. um, you know, obviously it, it it gets solved. But there's not very many movies that start with the breakup. Yeah. That start and then put you through that and put I think the The movie the breakup, the breakup starts break. The Breakup literally breakup. does, but I would I would argue that that this is a
0: better film. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I still don't understand why The Breakup didn't totally work. It was it, a hit. It, it had it made a lot of money and it had two people like kind of at the not Apex Mountain but pretty close and mm-hmm. in, in their primes and it's not a movie I would ever rewatch. It certainly won't make the rewatchables, right? But, right. But this but, is just it's a pretty big
1: achievement to make a movie where the guy spends pretty much the first hour blubbering like it, you know and 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 it's and it's like still oh i really want to watch this this is
0: compelling
2: you know what i think is the closest comparison just tonally i think is high
0: fidelity yeah that's a good one. Um, I thought is, you say Kramer versus Kramer. No, no. Because <laughs> that might be the greatest breakup movie of all time.
2: <laughs> but see, that's actually not really a breakup movie. That's a, no. that's a fatherhood, a father-son movie. Yeah. movie. You know, that, the bulk of that movie yeah. happens between the kid and the father. And there's some tough moments with Meryl Streep. But like High Fidelity is all about the breakup. Is Kicking system. and
0: Screaming a breakup movie? It kind of is. Yeah, to
2: some extent. It's a year after college, but yeah. it's also a uh, we the, just broke up movie. Right.
0: I think it's a little closer to the end that
1: that, that becomes a breakup movie. What about Eternal Sunshine?
0: That's a really good one. That's a great one. I feel like we're missing one and some reader's gonna, or tweeter is gonna hit us. Somewhere. Is Eyes Wide Shut a really breakup movie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, stay tuned to the it's a, It's a lot. Um, Mila Kunis after this became... She's really underrated. That's my take on Mila Kunis. Is she an A-lister? Because I feel like she is. I mean, the she's... The two a- Bad Bombs movies made a shitload of money and she, and even in the positioning of those movies, which Kristen Bell is in... She's still positioned as the star of it. And I feel like Krista Bell's a pretty big star. I
1: yeah. think she's probably at this point like one of the most recognizable actresses in Hollywood, even though you don't think of her that way. But between like being in Jim Beam commercials that are on for 15 hours every football Sunday and then yeah. being in, in 70s show and being in Bad Moms and this, like pr- pretty much everybody knows who she is. I, I say this carefully and I know it's going to make Sean uncomfortable. Okay. So you're going to stare at him first to make him feel even more comfortable. I'm not
2: making eye contact with Bill
1: for the rest to of this podcast. Exactly.
0: It's a very small and select group of actresses uh-huh. that guys can really like uh-huh. and women are okay with. Like my wife likes Mila Kunis. My wife You're like me Michelle Kunis. Yamaguchi, Christy Yamaguchi skating over thin ice right now. It's great. My wife really likes Mila Kunis Mm -hmm. and is like, I could be friends with Mila Kunis. Mm -hmm. Same thing for Kristen Bell. Everybody likes Kristen Bell. I think it's very hard for somebody to pull that off. And conversely, I'm going to bring it all the way around. Mm -hmm. Same thing with actors. It's very hard to find the actor who like, women can have a crush on, but men are like, yeah, I like that guy. I'd be friends with him. That's like the hardest. This is the algebraic equation of stardom, isn't it? It's the hardest little circle to enter is that where everybody likes you. I'm a
2: little bit reluctant to dive <laughs> nice. into the ocean waters of this conversation. I will say, I think one of the things about Mila Kunis and Kristen Bell is they're both very funny actresses. They yeah. are not... Self-deprecating. I, in in mm-hmm. the past, when you would write about this kind of idea, you would always talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt and how
0: my oh, that, my wife
2: hates Jennifer Love Hewitt.
0: Everybody's wife hates Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, I
2: can't... I'm not going to... Paint with that broader brush. But Jennifer Love Hewitt's is not funny. <laughs> she seems like a nice sure. person. Fair. She, she's whatever as an actress. Mm-hmm. Mila Kunis was very funny on a sitcom for many years. She's totally at home with Russell Brand, Jason Segel, Jonah Hill, and Kristen Bell, who are all like big stars and comedy stars. Yeah. And yeah. that's part of the reason why I think people are just, there's a universality to her appeal in addition to the fact that she's beautiful and she's a good actress and all the other
0: Christina things. Christina Applegate's another one. Very similar. So. That makes Bad Moms so funny because they put all three of those people in a movie together. It was like they really put time, energy, thought into it. And Catherine Hahn is, 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 yes. is the same all way. Hahn is the highest approver rating. Hahn is the same way. All right, these yeah. seven actresses have the highest approval rating across the board. Let's put four of them in a movie. It's almost like Hollywood should do that more often. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. There's a reason
2: that movie. It's like that's, like, that's like a cliche woke thing to say, but it is true. It's like, just put the best people in movies together. If they have chemistry, that movie's gonna work.
0: Did Mila Kunis have the
2: right career? So I think she's actually done more big stuff than I re- was able to remember before I looked at her filmography. Like, she is one of the co-stars of Ted. That's one of the biggest comedies of the last yeah. 10 years.
0: You know, she is... But uh, I'm saying she, she's she been, I would say, the most successful comedy actress of the last 12 years. If you look at her, hmm. the body work she did... Depends we, on how you feel about Jennifer Jennifer Lawrence's acting, I think. She did uh, two bad movies. I mean, two bad mom movies. Uh huh. She did... Um, which Mm -hmm. made a crazy amount of money she did friends with benefits which also did really well and then she did uh and date night forgetting sarah marshall and she did date night pretty good that's pretty good pretty good and all those movies were successful she also appeared in black swan yeah i was just gonna ask how does her black swan performance age well so my question is would you want to see her do maybe two less of those movies and a couple more weird black swan type movies I think she tried. I mean, she's somebody like like when she goes off and does like Max Payne after
1: this movie uh after after yeah, Sarah Max Marshall Payne. but I feel like that was like I'm gonna do a darker movie where I'm in like you know it's it's a it's a genre like she
0: remember that movie what was that movie with Blake Lively and Anna Kendrick? Oh, uh, a simple favor. Simple favor, yeah, yeah. Like she, I wish she had one of those in her arsenal, like some black comedy. She's where, not dead. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she, well, she's, she's got. A, I don't know. She's.
2: I think she got married to Ashley. She's Kutcher kid, she has and, kids. And like she, that's That sets it back a couple of years usually. Maybe. I mean, she the bad bad, bad moms movies are only in the last couple of years. Yeah, I think she's. I don't think Mila Kunis is gonna have any problems. She just doesn't exist in our in our minds in the same way that like Julia Roberts does. Or even She probably Diaz. needs
1: like a a prestige TV show that she stars in. If you want to change your mind about her, like that's probably the
0: way that she's classic do it. take from the host of the Watch. <laughs> so since mid two thousands, what actress mm-hmm. has had a better run that does comedy and just has made big market, big audience movies? I guess it def- depends on how you're defining comedy. Would I mean, Hathaway, Hathaway go in there. I think that's a good one. Yeah. How many movies has Zane Hathaway made that were like big hits? Well, Prada, a- a lot. Interstellar, yeah, Les Mis, yeah. Okay, that's good. The Intern. That's yeah. fair. She's made right, a lot so of hit movies. How
2: many hits has J-Law had? A, a decent number. Silver Linings Playbook, American
0: Hustle, The Hunger Games movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is... is that I guess my point is Mila Kunis is never mentioned with these people. You're right. She's right. just kind of over there on the right. side. And meanwhile, I think she's had a good career.
2: Very few of the, these movies are... Like, none of her movies are as big as The Hunger Games. You know what I mean? No. That's like a, an international movie. Maybe, maybe that
0: was the mistake, is maybe she should have done one spy franchise movie or something. Could she have been in a spy franchise? I don't know. Or could she have been. She was in one last year. It's
2: called The Spy Who Dumped Me. It's not that great. Right. Oh, I forgot about that one.
0: That movie feels like it was basically made up. You know as what would have been shot. nice for her? Fallout. Yeah. As, well, throw her in there as The Vanessa just Kirby role? Somebody.
2: I don't know. It depends fire. on if you want her to kind of be the the smoky, shadowy femme fatale, or do you want her to be the likable, clever, in on the joke, you know, leading woman? Mm. Um, I I I like her best in movies like Forgetting Sarah Marshall.
0: I'm a huge fan, um, and I'm a huge fan of Kristen Bell too. So this movie, 85% of Rotten Tomatoes. Who cares? <laughs> 105 million worldwide 63 in North America two things stood out in the trotting out of I guess three things stood out when they trotted out this movie that I remember specifically one was that Apatow was officially a thing mm-hmm. because he'd had a couple he'd had 40 year old virgin and he had knocked up and it had gotten to the point in bad. and it was like he was at the point where it's like he has a movie I'm, I'm going he's involved that's great um, there was a big like Vanity Fair cover that was kind of like the Apatow era
2: and it featured his whole Felt like crew of people. This yeah. came it's out right his, when it was his
1: era. way of doing things like the, the whole thing you're talking about where it's like write the drama and we'll improv the comedy like that the permeates some of every one of these movies.
0: So at the same time, he has this generation of people that he worked with on Freaks and Geeks and Undeclared, all these things. Jason Segel was in that. We'd never really seen him in a movie, but he was in uh, How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother, which was a really big movie. Yeah, and he was the draw of this movie. It wasn't Mila Kunis mm-hmm. and it wasn't Kristen Bell. Um, he's hilarious in the, some
2: of the other Avatar stuff, though. Like he plays basically himself and knocked up, and he's really funny. Yeah, Jason Segel.
0: So we and Seth Rogen's in there and Jonah Hill, and it just felt like there was this little group, mm-hmm. which Franco really wasn't in one of those first couple movies, right? Not
2: until Pineapple Express.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was later. But, so, he had, but he
2: was in Freaks and Geeks.
0: So one thing, you had the appetite. The second thing was a really, really shrewd billboard campaign. And I never noticed this stuff ever. And I don't know if in LA it's just more prevalent. but I don't remember this. Um, it was, I hate you, Sarah Marshall, or I hate Sarah Marshall. I mean, they had or a website too. Yeah, and there was a website. But there were all these billboards that were going around town. And it wasn't for the movie. It was just saying, I hate Sarah Marshall. And I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And it almost seemed like a like, – a slam page or something and not a movie. Hmm. And it was just effective. It was like, what is this? And then, um, the third thing was the dick scene that, I mean, that became part of the publicity for it It was like, this guy does full frontal in the first scene. And, um, however you feel about that, it drove a lot of awareness of the movie. It's like, yeah, that dude from how I met your mother is like fucking naked in the first scene. I got to say rewatching
2: the movie. I was quite fearful about having to talk about Jason
1: Siegel's dick with you. <laughs> Do you want to get it out of the way now? Or no, is Jason, it, is, is Jason Siegel's dick up for the Dion Waiters Award? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to find out. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. Let's take a break to talk about the theblacktux.com. The Black Tux offers the kind of suits and tuxedo styles that would normally be wildly expensive to buy. And you might only wear once with the Black Tux. Simply rent them online so you can blow it out for your one big time event. Take your style to the next level with the Black Tux's free home try You can see the fit and feel the quality of your suit months before your event. After ordering, your suit will arrive. How many days before the event, Kyle? 14? 14. Hey. There you go. If anything is less than perfect, the Black Tux will send you a replacement right away. Returns are simple. Just wear it. Turn heads. Send it back three days after your event. Shipping is free. Both ways. I have not used the black tux only because I have not been to a wedding. And like, I, I can't even remember the last time I had to wear a tux for a wedding. To get $20 off your purchase, visit theblacktux.com. Enter code rewatchables. That is $20 off your purchase. Code rewatchables. The black tux, premium rental suits and tuxedos delivered. We forgot to mention really great premise for this movie. It's really good. Guy dating a famous actress, kind of in the background. is a celebrity appendage, boyfriend, basically. The guy in Us Weekly in the mid-2000s where there's a picture and it was like, and her boyfriend. And it was always like a composer, a producer. It's like her boyfriend, the producer, Sean Fennessey. And you never knew, like, had any idea what he was producing.
1: One thing we learned from Wedding Crashers, you can do so much in the first 15, 20 minutes of a comedy. Yeah. Like, you can get so much of that crap done in an entertaining way and- Peter eating Fruit Loops out of a giant pasta bowl and watching himself on, and, on Entertainment, Entertainment Tonight. Tonight. Yeah, was to,
2: Access Hollywood. Access yeah. Hollywood. Billy Bush, Billy Bush there, right? yeah.
1: And all the stuff you learn about the characters in just him sitting on the couch watching TV is and kind of genius. What was the show called? Crime, the crime scene? Crime scene colon scene of the crime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> Billy
1: Baldwin. <laughs> so-
2: it's funny that you say that because I thought of this last Good night. Good premise. Um, I think if this were Die Hard and the movie opened with a, a you know news at seven and you watch them just explain about how there's a terror attack, you'd be like, "This is the laziest exposition mm-hmm. setup ever." But just by getting Billy Bush to talk about crime scene, scene of the crime yeah. in the way that they did, just makes it so much more effective, so yeah. much more clever. And, and that is the, the height thing about of the when Caruso. you watch
1: entertainment tonight, you'll be like, it'll be like this person on roswell or something and their boyfriend who you've also not heard of and like see them getting starbucks yeah. and they're like who knows what'll happen between
0: us and it's just, it's such bullshit but it really is effective in this movie good premise and then they break up and he goes to hawaii and they're there mm-hmm. like you can explain that premise in 10 seconds yes celebrity boy, boyfriend of a celebrity they break up he goes to hawaii to forget her and she's there with the most annoying possible boyfriend, new boyfriend possible. Did you ever have a breakup and thought I gotta just go to Hawaii alone for five days?
2: No, never, never occurred to you, Chris. Ah, uh, no, no. I but have. I have not been dumped in my
1: adult life, though. You've
2: not been dumped in your adult life. Is that like, something you just since said? since high school?
1: I was. I mean, I mean, like technically, I was dumped in in I think sixth and eighth grade. Okay. And I've been rejected. Obviously, it sounds like you've maybe been cataloging these <laughs> incidents well I mean I, I'm just saying like there's a certain emotional distance I have from some Chris of the is a here. dark
2: gothic Neil Diamond <laughs> that's what he's going he's for. not though he's truly not I, I like um, how proudly you wear that I didn't fact. say
1: that I didn't say I was proud I feel like I'm missing out on a little bit of the human
0: experience Sean's gonna break up soon cause in the last rewatchables we had this uh, <laughs> this quagmire where he said he was on a date in a movie but it was I a 2003 movie yeah. and it turned out I he, may have accidentally deleted that episode from my wife's phone <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to do, um, all right, so we're going to do the most rewatchable scene. This is presented by Sling TV, our friends. If you need to refresh your memory of the nominated scenes from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, which we will get to in one second, or prep for next week's rewatchable, which is what? Is it Broadcast News? Yep. What a great movie that is. Incredible. Another uh, good love, love triangle. Both Truly. of those are on Sling TV. They have them both in their deep library of new and classic movies, current shows, and of course, live sports. Watch on your TV phone or tablet whenever or whenever. Sling has broken the traditional TV bundle. You can customize your channel lineup from one month to the next. Watch what you want, when you want, where you want. You know how I know it's the future, fellas? How? Nephew Kyle uses it. It's a Renaissance man. I don't know about Craig, but I know nephew Kyle's a res- uh, Renaissance man. They've also created a special ribbon for us in the Sling TV app with the movies that we've discussed on the rewatchables, huh. as well as the corresponding episodes of the of this podcast, so you can finally give. Wait for it. Midnight Run, the love. It's so richly. Deserves what a podcast that was! God, congrats to you, both. Just two greats at the top of their game. <laughs> congrats on your Not ribbon, Matt Dunier and Chris Ryan, <laughs> college basketball in full swing, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, MLB opening day around the corner. Don't miss out. There's a better way to watch TV. It's with Sling. Sign up, slingcom rewatchables. A special offer just for our listeners: 14 days free when you enter promo code Ringer. Craig, your generation likes the word free. We love it. There you go. 14 days free. Sling.com slash rewatchable promo code ringer (laughs) offer available to new customers. Only availability may vary by location. Other restrictions (laughs) may apply. All right. Most rewatchable scene. I have six, but I think there's more. You might nominate a couple. First one, the breakup scenes rewatchable. It's just so. I wonder what you found rewatchable about it, Bill. I mean, it's rewatchable on TBS when you don't have sure, to see sure. Jason make okay. sound effects. Down, yeah, yeah. right? Okay. It's just good. It's weird. He's naked the whole time. Do they do like a bong? Like what sound effect do they do? <laughs> I guess they would put like a. They could put the blurkle The blurb over, right? oh, Yeah, that's right. They could do that. Um, and she dumps him, yeah. and it's just a classic breakup scene. But then, right after that, him at the club with Bill Hader. I'm nominated in that one. Amazing scene. Well. So funny. We don't hang out in places
2: like this, Liz and I. Why'd you take me here? This place uh, it smells like stripper's perfume. I'm going to get herpes just from sitting on this couch.
0: Bill Hader is and incredible, incredible. <laughs> in this movie. I actually think it's my favorite Bill Hader movie. Really? Of all his performances. Yeah. Every, every moment he's in this movie, I'm in. I'm <laughs> just all the way in. I love this guy. Uh, next one for Rewatchable. I like when he Skypes hater and his wife from Hawaii uh-huh. and she's not there. Is Liz there. <laughs> no, no, I swear to God, she's not there. She's there. That, all that is really funny. I like when he does the, uh, <laughs> I'm on the moon. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Look, I'm in Hawaii. Uh, the Dracula music song, the first time he plays it in Hawaii.
1: You know, I could, I could play something else. I just think out of context this might Dracula be. Dracula musical!
0: Thank you. It's getting kind of hard to believe things are going to get better. (gasps) When Mila Kunis tells him to go play it, not realizing what it is, but that (laughs) scene's tremendous. The double date that goes off the rails near the end, I have that one nominated. And then uh, Jonah Hill going off on Russell Brand (laughs) when he flips out. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's connected. So I I guess you could team that up. Uh, What's missing? Anything? every single thing Paul Rudd does yeah.
1: the first the, so the, the first surfing Paul, resin, okay. the, Paul Rudd okay I'll Paul Rudd when they bring Russell Brand back in he's got the coral in his leg and he's just like <laughs> Kunu can you call the front desk for
0: me please yeah it really hurts Kunu call the front desk now uh. okay monster man <laughs> it's all good they're coming wiki wiki
1: can you get some towels for me please I'm really losing a lot of blood you sound like you're from London yeah
2: uh, oh, you're right. You're that guy from who works for Kaiser Permanente. Like, <laughs> <laughs> There's so much random shit that you can just tell that, that Stoller and probably Apatow and Paul Rudd were just kind of freelancing in real time and yeah. in this movie because everything that Kunu says, is I've, I get a huge kick out of. Um, I think also every cutaway to crime scene, scene of the crime. And everything Billy Baldwin's doing. I have and that for instinct,
1: what's right? the best because yeah. those scenes
0: are so short. Yeah. The
1: Bateman one and the post credits.
0: Um, just for you. Yeah. Who do you have, Paul Rudd's character versus uh, Brian Fant- Fontana in Anchorman? Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. best, Brian Rudd. Brian Fontana cologne scene is
1: the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. <laughs> in Anchorman. That's kind of how I feel too. The I, Sex Panther. I just scene. watched it
0: last weekend. I hadn't seen it in a while. And London Gentlemen. <laughs> they're hosing him <laughs> down like Soakwood. <laughs> end. At the end. <laughs> It's so good. When are we doing, Anchorman? I don't know. What, what... Well, we're saving it. Okay, There's okay, a couple right. we're saving okay. that you um, know, for the end. Anchorman of the
2: world. is weirdly the the Godfather of comedies. It, 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 that is worthy of a two hour. I actually podcast. was
0: thinking as I was rewatching Anchorman this weekend that it might be the most rewatchable movie of all time, and it's not the Godfather. Wow. Well, we'll have to wait until we do that episode to make that official. It's judgment. probably the Godfather of comedies. It's the Godfather comedy. Every scene is like lights out. It's it's it yeah. It, it holds and the up. fact that it's there's like on YouTube
1: out. just like another movie worth of stuff. Oh my god.
2: Brian Fantana is also like the fifth most important character in that movie. <laughs> I know. And same thing here. K- Kuno is, <laughs> like, is like the ninth most
0: important person, yeah. but every
2: time he's there, I just I get such. So a So what's kick the most
0: out. rewatchable scene for you guys?
2: Uh, uh, I think there's. I have one more. Yeah, do it. I like um. It's pretty short, but I like when um. Peter and Aldis meet on surfboards in the ocean.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're talking. Yeah, let's, and that's do, what,
1: let's do that with the getting back on the beach scene as right, ours. Right. Yeah. The re- with the reef and the leg. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That
2: whole segment is really, is really, really good.
0: Okay. I, uh, How are you so cool?
2: I like him. That's exactly
0: what I was going for. For some reason, I'm going with uh, when he Skypes Hater and, and the wife <laughs> for the first time. Just, the first time, not the time when Hater. he makes her head go up and down. No, no, no. The, the first time. time. When he's like, no, no. The, I don't know. I just love Hater. Uh, What's age the best? Great title. You great know title. I love to give credits to the great titles every once in a while. Forgetting Sarah Marshall is an awesome title. It explains the movie. It's memorable. It's Somehow just good. this movie, I feel
1: like, gets a bunch of stuff under the wire that I feel like ordinarily would have gotten noted to death. Anything from male nudity, how much time he spends crying is this guy likable enough? Is this guy's music good enough to make it seem like he's a tortured genius? Yeah. I I leave that movie being like, no one's ever seen this musical. Like, it's just going to be performed in some weird Los Feliz, like, playhouse. And then also, like, even the title, where it's like, that title is really, really, like, attention-grabbing, but you could see them essentially calling this movie The Breakup, you know, like, a couple years before that. Or Inside of You. (laughs) Wow. (laughs)
0: Uh, What's age the best? Turtle Bay. We talked about it. I got a lot of questions about Turtle Bay. Just make sure. It's one of those movies where you're just like, let's go. I'd like to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go on. uh, That's actually another. Can can I throw in
1: one of my, another rewatchable scene that I have? What? Is the hike. Yeah. when they go on the hike. Because that's, first of all, it's hilarious for anybody who's ever unwillingly gone on a hike with someone. (laughs) Yeah. And second of all, uh, just his, his like leap off the cliff <laughs> backwards
0: <laughs> Um, Bill Hader we mentioned him I think he's aged fantastically it's like a young Bill Hader it's an early Bill Hader mm-hmm. but his career has obviously changed we talked about Peter as the celebrity appendage boyfriend mm-hmm. I always just like that concept one of my favorite ones was Ellen Pompeo's husband Chris Ivory I think that was named name Chris Chris Ivory running back for the <laughs> no, was Jacksonville something. Jaguars <laughs> Chris something, what? but it was, she was in us weekly forever. And this guy was always here like this was like producer, Chris. So, and so would be incredible. And he became a it's celebrity.
1: Pompeo and her New York Jets <laughs> running back.
0: <laughs> Chris away. Ivory. No, but it's a, it just Could became happen. a cottage industry of just the person in the us weekly photo yeah. next mm-hmm. to the person. It I It is Chris that.
1: Ivory, by
0: the way. Chris Ivory. There you go. The I Chris Ivory. No, it's not a not different that's Chris okay. Ivory. Spelled it's different. D- differently. Yeah. I, another what's aged the best for me how good and terrible the do something song is that it's just realistic enough that this could be a song with like him, him posting the things with, <laughs> with different words. on it. For some reason, sodomy was one of the words he's going through things. He has to change.
2: That's that is the genius part of the access yeah. Hollywood is just closing the show. Also with a music video, which is something that access Hollywood would do, uh, is now the time to talk about all
0: the snow, uh, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the other two things that's aged the best for me are crime scene, scene of the crime, and animal <laughs> instincts. I love the crime scene, scene of the crime stuff so much. It is my favorite part of the movie. I wish there was like a hundred of them on YouTube that I could just watch is, on and a loop. Also like the, All the rejected playing Billy playing Baldwin ones. Playing the Seinfeld ones. keyboards
1: over the Seinfeld <laughs> bass over the crime scene stuff. is And the, the Caru- like, just the clear
0: Caruso, CSI Miami. Yeah. And just, it's it just, I wrote down what my favorite one was. Oh, I think it's going to be hard for her to enter the pageant without a face. <laughs> Can you say Dixical? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, they should have been like a hundred. They should have
0: just kept
1: filming
2: them yeah, over so and bad. over again. It's really great. I Shout out to Billy that. Baldwin for being so game.
1: And then Animal well, Actually, low-key, one of the funniest moments in the movie is the engineer is like, come on, Peter, I got Almond Brothers tickets. <laughs> <him." laughs>
0: I am are not getting paid for today's session <laughs> Animal Instincts was also Like just Stupid enough But yeah. also just realistic enough That it can't be ruled out That that could have been a show
2: The CBS drama Zoo Happened like eight years later yeah. Like it's
0: not that far off Yeah What else do you have for what's age the best? Anything?
2: I think we talked about it earlier But the cast The salary cap cast Is yeah. unreal Salary cap cast You know the fact that they've got Jonah Hill in like four scenes Rudd And Hill Jack McBrayer And, and yeah. you know
1: Yeah that is crazy. That's a
0: little... Uh, and, and wig in a deleted scene. Oh, yeah, that's right. As the oh, yoga yeah, we're instructor. we're going to talk about that. Um, so we'll go with that, the cat, the the Seller Capcast. It's pretty good. Yeah. What stage is the worst? I only really have that the the movie does drag in the middle. It's I, probably about 15 minutes. I fat. think it's pretty obviously the McBrayer plot line
1: because I just don't understand. Like, it's, it's funny. It is definitely funny. Yeah. But you're like, so at the end of the day, why was this in the movie? Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like 20 minutes. It's a detour. Yeah. But like you, I would love to have done detours with a bunch of like, give me more hater or give me more like people who are working at the hotel or whatever, 10 more minutes of Jonah Hill. But the weird, like, let's have like graphic sex five times and like do all this like instructional stuff, which, which doesn't have any
0: bearing on Peter really. I think there was a real need during starting like O three O four all the way through the rest of the decade to make the R rated comedy to get your bang for the buck for the R.
1: Yeah, they got that taken care of in the first ten minutes. Yeah, of this yeah, movie. yeah.
0: But <laughs> I just think like the better decision would have been to cut all of that stuff out and put the Kristen Wig stuff in there. Right, I think because she's deleted scene with Diego structure is like five minutes long. I would have rather had that. I
2: think in the context of apatow comedies, though, it it feels pretty lean. You know that's the biggest criticism that those movies get—that they're all twenty to forty minutes too long. This one's under two hours. Even the extended unrated version is still under two hours. Yeah, it
0: was two hours though. It was like one hundred eighteen minutes. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But plus credits, you got five minutes. Like, it's it's not
0: that bad. Is it a little bit fat? Yeah, but it drags a little in the middle. My, I'm with Chris. Like, if you're gonna drag, like, give me one more FaceTime scene with Hater just to break it up. Felt like there was about fifteen minutes in there. It was like I get it. She's gonna break up with Russell Brand, and then we're gonna have a come to Jesus moment with her and Siegel, but come let's get there like a little bit faster. I don't really have any other What's Age the Worst. I, I think this movie could be released now, and I don't feel oh, yeah. like uh I don't feel like I would have changed that much. Casting What Ifs. You mentioned the Mila Kunas thing. How she auditioned for knocked up, lost the role, Katherine Heigel. But Apatow kind of filed her away, and then she got this one. Was
1: Hathaway up for that role too?
0: I don't remember for the Catherine so, Heigl role. It raises the question: Would Knocked Up have been better with Mila Kunis?
2: No, I'm I'm not a fan of Catherine Heigl. I'm, I'm on a the, big I'm, fan of
1: Catherine Heigl and Knocked Up. I'm not. I'm, I don't. I'm not a fan.
2: I whether Mila Kunis would have been the right replacement, I don't know. Like I don't. I, no disrespect to the. The Human Being Catherine Heigl like I do not like to watch her on screen in movies on television
1: period. Hathaway was also a that's classic. A <laughs> no disrespect to The Human Being. No, no disrespect to her. I just I'm just not No disrespect
0: to her torso, arms, legs <laughs> or head. But I don't like her acting. God bless her mother and her child. I just don't want to watch I think her. Knocked Up's better than Lacunas. It is it's interesting what if. Catherine Heigl's not funny. She's not. Mila Kunis is funny. The problem with the problem with Knocked Up is I never bought for a second that she would have ever been interested in Seth Rogen. I don't Seth know. Rogen. To me,
1: like that's like being like the New Testament would be better with Bruce Willis. Like, of course, we could go back and like like engineer but this is that, a but clear. Like, a like they picked up one over the other. Yeah, I think so. But I think that Katherine Heigl works perfectly as like a specific kind of person in that movie. Yes,
2: an
0: annoying person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was ready for them to break up the whole time. Uh, the other casting what if the role of Algiers Snow? Algus Snow was actually written with Charlie Hunnam in mind, and he was an huh. undeclared. He had
1: some Apatow background there. Entirely got rewritten for uh, Russell Brand. Do I you would have, imagine it's not written at all. I would imagine Russell Brand just did that role.
2: I don't want to backtrack too much, but did did Russell Brand age well? Russell Brand as a as a cultural American crossover phenomenon. Think-
0: well, that did that age poorly, but I, I actually think this movie is kind of the, the the peak of the Russell Brand, and he's really good in it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's actually realistic that a lot of the other chances that he pretty people much has professionally this, get him
1: to the Greek and Arthur, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: He's definitely a star, like in the movie. He's extremely memorable, and he was kind no of that breakout sensation of it. And he's like, kind of, I'm going to say this, and I'm sure people
1: are going to tweet at me, but I. He's like the Joe Rogan of England, right? Like he has like a YouTube oh, podcast yeah, you and he's like, no, no, right? I mean, like, I'm not saying that it's not like the Rogan coming. Like, <laughs> judgment. Jesus. No, I meant more like people saying I didn't get Russell Brand right. I'm saying that that's what he does now a lot. Yeah,
2: yeah. And, and before this, when he was a comedian in England, he was always kind of a hot button person. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always, he famously had that crazy gaffe on UKMTV after 9-11. Oh Remember yeah, early? that's like, right. he, he was always a sort of a controversial person. This was him lampooning, a kind, I think a kind of Brit pop rock star that you and sure, I really like yeah. and are interested in Um and really taking it to the extreme and making them seem like such a ridiculous pompous ass.
1: Doesn't he have like the whole line in this movie where he's like Liam and Noel Gallagher had it off with my girlfriend so I know where
0: you're coming from. Yeah. <laughs> it's great stuff. The rewatchables of back-to-back weeks has ended your marriage and Chris's life because the Joe Rogan people No, are I'm not coming. saying it was a nah, bad thing. Said, I'm just saying they
1: farewell Chris. Saying-
0: Farewell, Chris. Enjoy your time the in the Deanne YouTube Waiters, minds.
1: You guys should see the YouTube comments under the flat circle. I think I'm ready for this.
0: <laughs> Deanne Waiters Award. Tough one. Some people aren't eligible. Haters in it too much. Russell Brand's in it too much. Mm-hmm. Um, is Jonah Hill in it too much to be eligible? I think the He's fact in that like he gets his scenes. own
1: movie after this either says he should win it or he shouldn't win it. Like It's either... It's either a, it breaks the rules because like this character then went on to get a whole movie, or we should say So the other candidate he should
0: win it. Jack McBrear, William Baldwin, or either of the big guys. Who neither either, the big, either guys. big guys, neither of whose names. I know. i I think it's Jonah. I think he's not in it too much and he's throwing heat every time. I I really like him in this movie. I think he's funny. I like when he does the English accent. I like when he gets mad. I like when he takes Jason Segel's plate even though he just started eating and then gets pissed off about it. <laughs> he says,
2: okay, I'll just go fuck myself. <laughs>
0: right.
1: That's amazing.
0: So you don't think it's Rudd? So he'd be the other kid, eh?
1: I think it's pretty... I mean, I think Rudd... Rudd's th- in like two scenes. Pretty much bats a thousand in this movie. Like,
0: Jonah Hill's in it. He might be in it one scene too much to be eligible.
1: He might. Everything, I think,
2: every red, line. It's, it's Red. It's got to be Red. When Rudd is like, come on out. Oh, the weather outside is weather. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All so right, good. we'll give it to
0: Red. Half-ass internet research. This film is based on scriptwriter Jason Siegel's experience breaking up with Linda Cardellini.
2: Yeah, I knew we were going to get well to as this. Three
0: other breakups with unspecified women. Uh, the naked breakup did not involve Cardellini. But he did say one girlfriend broke up with him while he was completely naked. Rather than being devastated, he thought to himself, this is hilarious. I cannot wait for her to leave so I can write this down.
1: Hmm.
0: There you go. Get him to the Greek, the spinoff follow-up, two years later, Nicholas Stoller, director, you like Apatow. That Russell Brand, Jonah Hill. I haven't seen it in a long
2: time. I don't have the same relationship. I think I've just seen it the one time. Like, Forgetting Star Marshall, I feel like I must have seen it at least 10 or 15 yeah. times by now. I
1: never, it never... We had a couple of people say, you guys should do Get Him to the Greek as a rewatchable. I just haven't re- seen it since it came out. I remember there, liking so yeah. it when I saw it. Craig?
2: Yeah, that movie stuck with our generation.
0: We it were, did? Yeah, yeah. Our, the, Craig like just movie. became our the generation. spokesman for a generation. Gen Z. He's like yeah. Bobby. The Dylan. Lord of Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I didn't think it was that good, but I'll, I'm willing to give it another chance. Joan Hill plays a different character. He doesn't play the guy from this Oh, he doesn't? Yet. Okay. I actually think it would have been funnier if he played the same character who has now moved to L.A. And that's was, what I thought happened. Yeah, that's I'm not what it happened. No, no. It's okay. a, he plays like a a newly hired a for a record label. For Diddy,
2: right? For Diddy, yeah. yeah. He's got to get Al, Al Snow to the, the tour dates over the series of an, you know, one 24-hour period and becomes a close friend of his and they get fucked up. And he's trying to get over... His, is he trying to maintain his relationship with Elizabeth Moss? Remember this? Elizabeth Moss is a big part of the
0: movie. I'll tell you one thing the Simmons kids love The Babysitter with Jonah Hill. Oh, that's a great movie. That movie's good. That movie's like legit. Jonah Hill is like, got. I like Jonah Hill. It, quite a it, filmography. It's, quite yeah. a, it's pretty amazing. Good job by him. Uh, the song Inside of You was thought up by Siegel <laughs> after he wanted to create, quote, the worst song that your girlfriend's new boyf- boyfriend can sing in front of you. <laughs>
2: It's really good. It's very funny. Also, Russell Brand's performance of it in Hawaii on stage, and he's sort of like, yeah, bending over and doing yoga poses is incredible.
0: Inside of you, (laughs) inside of you. (laughs) I gotta look out for the video team. They need need gifts of us. That's right. Oh Uh, my god! The naked picture of Mila Kunis in the bathroom created on a computer wasn't real
2: there okay. you go how how many times have you googled that information
0: <laughs> I was, it was in my it was in my information in your notes okay what's weird is they Did were you very a team of researchers <laughs> out on that they were very deliberate about in anything written about this movie getting that out that that's not actually her right
2: real dick fake breasts
0: yes okay the film features a great deal of improvised dialogue 60 to 70% scripted 30 to 40% improv according to Nicholas Stoller um they were reunited as screenwriters for The Muppets in 2011. Siegel and Stellar. Siegel's dream project. And then they did a uh, five-year engagement after this, right? The waiter who uh, from the buffet who then punches Jason Siegel later.
2: You know who this is? Yeah.
0: Kalani Robb. Kalani Robb, surfer from Momentum Generation. Unreal.
2: Yeah. I definitely didn't know that when I first saw I it. I didn't know it either. Re-watching it, I, was I like, watched it. I was like, is that Kalani? <laughs>
0: Same reaction. <laughs> And then he seemed taller in the movie than I think he is. I yep. don't know how they pulled that But up. he is
2: so memorable in that movie because he brings him the second the second um, rum bottle. And you're yeah. like, oh, that guy does seem cool. Yeah, You know, Jason Siegel's reaction to him. How was he cast in this? How did that even happen? I, He's probably just
0: hanging, hanging out. Just hanging I, out in Hawaii, yeah. surfing? Um, all right. It's time to talk about Jason Siegel's dick. <laughs> oh, boy.
1: <laughs> Should we, you want to do an We're going to be like, quick.
0: just going to be quick. I'm just going to get quick. through this. Um so the director, Nicholas Stoller, gave an interview and talked about how there was a little self-fluffing before the scene with Siegel. He, he said, and I quote, I'm just going to read the quotes. I'm glad you <laughs> this. You're is great because Sean might actually melt into this seat. <laughs> Jason wanted to make sure his penis wasn't too small because it was cold in the studio, but it was a fine line because having an erection while getting dumped wouldn't really read as truthful. So he would be backstage with materials provided him by the prop master and then would yell, I'm ready, I'm ready, and would come running out and we'd shoot. I don't know if hard is the right word for it, more like a semi-chub. He didn't feel like he got to that place. To me, it always looked like a totally normal penis, but then again, I wasn't the one showing it. I don't want to keep talking about this. So Let's you're move just going to read that and then we're not going to talk that about and it at all. On. all just, I can think our about. Our job is to get information about the movie to our listeners. That's not our job. No. Nobody comes that's to this podcast To, to learn about this movie. <laughs> Jason they literally Siegel's came to this
1: podcast to listen to one of the most renowned podcasters in history <laughs> talk about Jason Siegel's dick. Self-fluffing.
2: So no, it was self-fluffing. <laughs> all I could think about when you were talking was my parents working really hard to put me through college. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: definitely. So I could get to this stage of my life where my boss uses the phrase semi chub <laughs>
0: I didn't use the phrase I was just reading a quote So there you go God. I guarantee the audience was interested Apex Mountain You guarantee the audience of the rewatchables? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Sure. Apex same. Mountain Jason Siegel's Dick. <laughs>
0: well, I highly doubt it. Apparently it's it. not
1: I highly doubt yeah, it. Apparently it has more to grow.
2: <laughs>
0: Listen, it was you, cold in the studio. One
2: of the great little <laughs> mini lines and I don't know if this is only in the unrated version or not is when uh Russell Brand starts singing on stage and Jonah Hill's character turns to Jason Siegel and
1: says, This went from six to midnight.
0: Teach me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I bet you also, that seems suspiciously like Siegel saying like, they ask you about my dick. Say that's not as big as it gets. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like, it's like pretty, pretty like, you know, you're doing your guy a favor there.
0: It's cold in the studio. Sure. Apex Mountain, Siegel's dick, no question. (laughs) Siegel, I think he's on How I Met Your Mother, and then he's the writer and star of a movie. It's not getting any better for him than right here. I wanted to talk to you guys about him a little bit, mm-hmm. just in general, because I don't think his career
2: really went in the direction that I thought it was going to go. Um, I, I thought that he had he... some. I think he had some issues. No, uh, I, I actually think that this is his is is his lane though. Like this is what. He... But I thought he was going to be like an Albert Brooks type. This movie reminds me a lot of Modern Romance. If you've never seen Modern Romance, it's I yeah. think it's Albert Brooks' second movie, and it's this like creation of a persona that is loosely based on him. that is very much about like the relationship that men and women have. It's kind of goofy, but it's kind of sincere. It's really well made. And I thought that he was going to take this on a little bit more. These sort of like crypto autobiographical broad
1: comedies. And he didn't really do that. No, I, I mean, so I think. I don't even think he wrote another movie after the Muppets, he, I'm looking. He did. I mean, he worked on five-year engagement and he also did sex tape. With Cameron Diaz he didn't yeah. write that though
0: he did he did, he did. He did. He write that? it, yeah, okay, yeah, it was five years ago,
1: I mean he hasn't
2: really done a lot of stuff. I mean he end of the tour he after did that. the end of the tour and he yeah. played David Foster Wallace, and that was a, a
0: big part, but that's 2015. he was in this is forty, but not really but briefly for a scene five year engagement very Muppets. funny and uh, in, in this is the end, bad teacher. He's hilarious yeah, yeah. I yeah. think he's had some issues though I, I think that was part of the part of the problem. I have no idea. I think. Um, yeah, He was also would, on How I
1: Met Your Mother for like 10 years. Well, that's so, the thing is, like, I think he's probably got a lot of money. Well, I just mean like also like that, that will like slow down your like film career if you have to spend seven months
0: of the year on a CBS show. Which it makes is, you, it always is weird to me when somebody writes a really good movie and then doesn't keep doing it. Because you could say the same thing about Affleck and Damon. Like, it's just weird that they never wrote a movie together after Good Wanting. They spent all this time in this movie and it was great. And then they just never got back together. I guess sometimes you make too much money.
2: I don't know if something's happened with him. I know that in interviews, he's always struck me as a really thoughtful and interesting guy who's Mm -hmm. pretty reflective about his place in the Hollywood landscape and what his career has been like. Also famously a... uh, successful high school basketball player at Harvard
1: Westlake who was yeah. a teammate
2: of Jason Collins plays a,
1: a, his character on How I you Met Your Mother goes by the nickname White Chocolate that's his basketball player
2: and his real nickname in, in high school was Dr. Dunk
0: oh yeah I love Jason Segel and I hope I, I want a second act yeah me too write something uh, Apex Mountain other than that nobody really I, Mila Kunis I think did even bigger and better things after this mm-hmm. Kristen Bell obviously did Every all the bit characters did. Billy Baldwin. It's either backdraft or after sliver. this movie. No, <laughs> sliver. Sliver. What about uh Turtle Turtle Bay? I have I can we can we pick some nits because I have a Turtle Bay thing. Well, we're, we're almost there. Hold on. The Joey Pants Award. Steve Landisberg is in this movie. Mm-hmm. Former cast member Barney Miller, he plays the uh, doctor. It's he looks like Jay oh, Siegel's yeah. dick. Yeah, great that guy. I mean, I know I'm a Steve Landisberg, but he's really a, that guy as well. So I'm giving it to them. Treo Buscemi or Michael K. Williams. I could see Treo in one of the one of the I feel bars like Treo there. Could have been yeah, yeah Could have been like We, we, we the should hotel. remix
1: this category. Sooner. I feel like we do. It's getting stale. Yes. Should we get rid of it? I would be curious to know if if the listeners have a suggestion of either who we should replace these guys with, or if there is another category we should introduce. How about- I'm getting um, rid of it. It's done. It was the last one.
2: How about the new categories? Which guy should have shown their dick in this movie? Yeah, right.
1: right. How come we did not see (laughs) McBrayer? The Jason Segel semi-fluff award?
2: Why not share your semi-chub, you coward?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Saul Rubinick, they knew for overacting. I think it's Siegel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Have I think we ever is. had
0: that? Have we ever had the star? the star of the movie also be the overactor? I
1: think he's he's definitely the one who's playing it the most emotionally. And he's like crying and he's naked and he's just going for it and doing the most. So I think I it's was going to go with Jack
2: McBrayer. McBrayer and Maria Thayer as the couple are really.
0: They really doubt they're yeah. it. They're going for it. That's true. That's yeah. true. I'd vote for that. Siegel's
2: good though. There are definitely scenes of Siegel crying while watching TV that's like very broad sitcom. Yeah, comedy. right.
0: Pick nits. Yes, I, I my biggest one is wouldn't Peter have known that the crime show got canceled since he was one of the well I since mean, he what, wrote music
1: for it was that what is this oh what what year did this come out oh wait so I mean like you're using your cell phone a fair amount but okay I could see it not happening all right what do you have for pick nits does Rachel have the authority to give him that suite the oh, Kapoor no. suite no and no that's way. the thing that really bothered she, me. she gets
0: fired within it 10 doesn't minutes.
1: seem like there's a lot going on at Turtle Bay. She's like, I can just cut out and go on a hike with you. Yeah. You know, like we're fraternizing with the guests. I can give you the Oprah suite, the $6,000 a night suite. And all you have to do is clean you. up after yourself. Yeah. And yeah. What was that? I'm just like, is, so can I start to try this out at hotels? It's like, I, you know, Hey, I don't have a reservation, but I know you must have this amazing suite that you only save for like Megan Allison, but you know what? I'll clean up after myself. But you just
2: have to. You have to get embarrassed by your ex in front of the reception.
1: Well, I could stage that. I could stage that easy. You sound like a sociopath. No, I'm saying if it means a $6,000 a night thing, I have my wife be like, we're getting a divorce.
0: And I'm like, oh no. I'm- Listen, Sean's a much more realistic candidate to get divorced. After last week. <laughs> I think we should use him in the analogy. <laughs> that, 03, so fantasy, that 2003 date. So fantasy's walking up
1: to the reception desk. <laughs> His wife listens to that podcast and is like, what fucking date? Yeah. Walks out, she's like, that is interdictive. I really, I feel terrible for you. You gotta take this Oprah suite. And then you just sneak your wife back in there. It's yeah. the
2: fact that Sarah Marshall is a famous person and that he is dumped and humiliated by her f- Be in, that in favor as of Alda Snow.
1: I just feel like I've had experiences at hotels where it's like I have to fill out a form to get a toothpaste and she's just like, take the suite. And I'm and she's yeah. not the manager of the hotel.
2: These are great points. You're right. Let's cancel this movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: These are great points.
1: What's the point of this category? It's a, it's I a leap thought about
2: of faith. <laughs> it's a leap of faith. Yeah, I guess it never occurred to me. Maybe you're right. Maybe that is ridiculous.
0: I'd never heard of the just live there and clean up after yourself and it's cool and nobody will ever want to be in an, this It's suite. also an
1: interesting bit because she could have just been like, "Yeah, we do have a room." Like that, that doesn't really change anything that much. It's just that
0: he gets this dope suite. I have one more nitpick. How famous is Russell Brand's musician supposed to be? Like, he's famous enough that he closes Access Hollywood and he's Mm -hmm. writing the anthem of his generation. He's like the male winehouse, I think. He's, He's not going on vacation alone. Like he's pretty much an A-list celebrity. He's at least no musician. He's the first musician ever who has no entourage, basically, which is completely. Oh, and so it's
1: kind of weird that like they're he going to, had like three
0: people with him. Bar he would have a bodyguard. Day. Yeah, he's just like he was way too normal to be a famous person.
2: Well, I, the person that he reminds me of a little bit is like Richard Ashcroft. Sure, you know from the Verve. From the Verve. Yeah. And if he, if Richard Ashcroft walked
0: into a Hawaii bar grill. But it's Richard, years Ash- years after like if Richard
1: Ashcroft was on Entertainment Tonight. For I mean,
0: the right. last five minutes to Access Hollywood. And they presented it like he was this major star, like uh, his new anthem for a generation. Right. And then It's like Adam Levine know. meets
1: Liam Gallagher, basically. Mm, that's like, that's, that's what yeah. he's presented at. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: if Adam Levine's at Turtle Bay, he's not by himself and he's not just showing up. Yeah, and, yeah. he probably rents the and whole he resort he's got out like, himself. They've yeah. got like a normal room with another room on the other
1: side of the wall, yeah, but
0: Siegel gets the suite. It's crazy. That doesn't happen the other, yeah, he, first of all, he's,
1: they we should probably just have that delete suite. this movie from Sling. We've well, just, we've, un, we've unwound it.
0: <laughs> Here's the other problem. He, he then says how he's going on a year and a half long concert tour mm-hmm. in all these different countries. So he's obviously very successful, mm-hmm. but not successful enough to get the $6,000 suite. That's it. It's entirely it's possible that
1: that was like improvised on in the moment. So it's not
0: accurate to like what tour logistics are, but that's. I, this is goes back to how I think we should open a, a consulting firm for questions like this when mm-hmm. they make movies.
1: Any, any moment where
0: they've decided to play basketball in a movie, bring you in just to consult. Just to, I should be the sport. Yeah, when when it's you know the hundred yard football field with no end zones and stuff <laughs> like that. I just want to be. It's want to be consult Yeah, the boxing ring that's too small. <sighs> the foot the football last minute drive where somehow they're going backwards on the last drive mm-hmm. and they're at the forty and now they're at the thirty but they should have been at the.
2: I don't know if this is a nitpick, but I feel like it's a real snake move by Sarah Marshall just going to Hawaii so quickly after the breakup. Like, well, oh, she'd been dating the guy for a year, though. Yeah, I know, but even still, there's, I don't know.
1: There's a, an interesting moment I would be curious to know from the people who wrote the movie, I guess, but it'd be only the people who could answer it. There's a moment where he's like, you should go, Hater says to me, like, you should go on vacation by yourself. You know, you should just yeah. go. In. And he's like, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. And he's like, don't go to Hawaii. And I think it's the implication that, like, Hater knows she's going to Hawaii. I don't know. How How would he no. know that?
0: I think he just thought it was weird. My only other nitpick is at the very end, they do the callback to him being naked again and Mila Kunis goes back in. Why is he completely naked in his own dressing room? Who gets... I don't like being naked ever. <laughs> My, I... So, uh... I wow. Oh my not god. Just like who likes being naked? Why why are you naked in your dressing room that's not even locked? What are you doing? Who does that? For somebody naked at
2: like the gym? I can't believe how many conversations I've had about the human anatomy with Bill in the last two weeks. Uh I, I think that there's a reason for this. Okay. He's wearing a unitard, and I don't think he's wearing any underwear. And I think he's just taken the unitard, which is a single piece of clothing, okay. off entirely. That's and then true. he gets
1: on the phone. So he's like comfortable in his own body. And I would be did Stoller say anything about Jason Siegel's prep for that shot I he didn't I didn't I didn't get the info on that okay. best quote Bill how many times have you screenshotted this movie while watching it on your computer you're like
2: just be honest you're like Dr. Skin what? for Jason
1: Segel <laughs> Do-
0: first of all it's Mr. Skin Mr. Skin
1: your site is called what's the site that they start in I'm, Knocked Up I'm not here to talk about oh. this. they start the site and then like somebody one oh, day is hit. like yeah it's like Mr. Skin and they're like oh shit <laughs>
0: That was that knocked up or was that
1: yeah it's knocked up F-tell remember it's like that? that's their that's their startup that yeah. They're oh yeah, yeah. yeah
0: best quote I think it's gonna be hard for her to enter the pageant without a face this killed me the when they they're talking in initials at the at the club and he's like
1: Brian you don't need to put your P in a B right now no I don't I need to be my L on somebody's T's that's
2: disgusting I laughed so hard last night when he said that. That's
0: <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and they understand what they're saying. And they're just using uh, God put our mouths on our heads for a reason. <laughs> you got to stop talking about it. It's like the Sopranos. It's over. Find a new show. <laughs> that that was good and topical. Um, I like when he decides he's not going to have sex with her and he's like, Maybe the problem is that you broke my heart into a million pieces and my cock doesn't want to be around you anymore, okay? Because you know what? I realize you're the goddamn devil. I think that's the winner. (laughs) Uh, No, this is the winner. This is my favorite line Mutumbo, out of the shot. (laughs) 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 You look so hot. Give me crime
2: scene. Give me dirty crime scene, girl. Andre the giant, out of the shot, please. Mutumbo, out of the shot. Come on
0: so good uh, uh, also you've got Christ between your thighs but with a shorter beard I don't know, it's definitely ad lib nobody's good enough to write that are those sad tissues or happy tissues and then he turned out a blowjob from his ex-girlfriend mid blowjob you know how hard that is for a man it's called blue balls he's like Gandhi but better he likes puppets <laughs> just classic <laughs> who was that guy what was that guy's name it's uh the big Dubon- guy yeah I like that guy um all right, what was the best quote, Matumbo? I like the Matumbo line. Matumbo out of the shot. <laughs> uh, could this be remade as a McDonald?
2: I, I still want to ride for the for Kunu. Thinking Peter is a guy who worked at Kaiser Permanente. <laughs> 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 hey man, I'm Kunu. Yeah, no,
0: I remember. I'm, I'm Peter. We took a surf lesson together.
2: Oh yeah, you're that guy that works with Kaiser Permanente.
0: No, um, Peter, we had a nice talk out in the water. Oh, that's cool. Uh, Could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix series? No. No, No. It's, it's good as a movie. Probably unanswerable questions. Was Dracula the musical a good idea? I kind of feel like no, it was. I think that's like one of my favorite parts I think it's a billion dollar movie. idea.
2: So isn't the origin, the origin, origin of this, that he wanted to make that movie, that that was the movie idea that he had to do Dracula the musical as a puppet musical. And Judd Apatow was like, that's not a movie. That's a funny part in your movie. Yeah. I didn't know maybe. that. Maybe. I believe, I believe that's what happened. That didn't I mean, this turn is essentially like research.
1: him just like putting the the secret out there that he wants to be the Muppets guy.
2: I mean, it worked out that way yeah, for sure, right? Although in the same movie, I mean, he wanted to be the Muppets guy, but he also wanted to show his dick in, in the movie, right. So,
0: <laughs> Dracula the Puppet Musical. I don't know. I think I think that could. I had think a the chance. funniest
1: part, one of the low key funniest parts about this is like Peter might not be like. It's not like he's Mozart. It's just like this is a really weird bad idea. Yeah, most significant others would be like. Hey, man, like, I want to support you, but I don't get this. Yeah, but I do. Uh, I There are definitely
2: parts of Peter Bretter that I really relate to. Like, if you are of a certain age and you are into Steven Sondheim and the Muppets and also want to work in Hollywood, like, yeah. that's the kind of shit that you come up with, sure. you know, and being like, when he says you remind me of a dark Gothic Neil Diamond and he's like... That's it exactly reminds me am going of for. Like the
1: super yeah. in, in Big Lebowski. It was like, do you want to come to my interpretive dance? <laughs> yeah. like that's, it's closer to that to me.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. everybody in LA has their weird idea, but also sometimes the weirdest ideas are the ideas that get really successful. Um, did, he, did they stay together? Rachel and, and Peter?
1: I don't
0: think he, so. No, I think she's back in Hawaii within like three months. Or her ex boyfriend shows up in LA and murders both of them. <laughs> That'd be great. Something it's a, it's a bad ending. And
1: How, then Animal Instincts investigates the murder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many seasons did Animal Instincts run?
0: Oh, like four and a half. Yeah. Mm,
1: it's pretty good. Yeah.
0: Not enough to get the residuals though. No, I think on it's, it's on NBC for three years and then Fox it gets canceled and Fox, Fox oh, and it and Runs it for one nice, more year. Nice. Who won the movie? It has to be Jason Siegel. We I got think him it's the Siegel. Muppets Although no, I
1: think Kunis has like a nice a nice shot
0: there. She's really good. I think Siegel wins it because he also wrote it. I think pushes it over the top. But I really want to give it to Kunis because I feel like from this moment on she just becomes a star, mm-hmm. and uh, and she's my favorite part of the movie. Is she? Yeah, I just like I like her character more than the Dick. You'd say <laughs> Dick's not in the top <laughs> top ten. <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not top fifty. Uh, no, I just I I like her character. I think it's really. That was kind of a nothing part and she made it really fun. And you know, it's like the classic movies like this where they, Kristen Bell's part I thought was really kind of developed. Like name five things about Mila Kunis in this movie. Like that from the way her character is written, like she had a bad relationship with her boyfriend. Dropped out of college. Dropped out of college. Works at a hotel. Works at a hotel. Yeah. That's really all we know about her by the end of the movie. Yeah. And I still really like her. I'm like, you gotta stay. Like we know nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good job by her. You think you think Siegel, won? Siegel. I think Siegel won because because yeah. of the writing. Because I think of
1: it. that the the movie itself, which is like a just like it, everything that's kind of makes this movie super unique and weird, and thus somewhat like makes you keep coming back, is like it's permeated by like his weird personality and his interests and his vulnerability, which is like something pretty significant because I think by doing this movie, it kind of like it changes the way in which he's viewed going forward, and it's not necessarily. Like going to be like, you can't be like an action star after you do this kind of movie, usually. It's true.
2: So, with more than 10 years removed from, especially that crazy Apatow moment, because, you know, Apatow, it's funny, like, he has now done this with so many people. You know, he did it with Seth Rogen. Yeah. He did it with Jason. He did it with Jonah. He did it with Lena Dunham. Mm-hmm. He's doing it with Pete Holmes right now. You know, he's done it with so many people. Where He's he, doing it with Pete Davidson now. Yeah, with Pete Davidson, right. That's he's next. You know, he, obviously, he finds these incredibly creative people who don't totally know how to formulate their persona and what position to put them in to succeed. And he does a great job of it. But at this time, he was a major, major movie producer Mm -hmm. and all of his movies were hits. That's a little harder to accomplish in studio comedies now. But with 10 years to look back on what they did, where does this one sit
1: in that Apatow moment? It's, it's, it's a really good question. I was thinking about this, like whether I like, do I like this or do I like, this is the end more, you know, which I think is probably my my favorite one of those to watch. But that's so fascinating because I almost feel like, in a weird way, we've passed the moment where he could do this anymore. Because all the, they, they basically, like Hollywood took the high concept, easy to explain part of these movies and made it Bad Moms or Game Night or these like movies that are just like, I can, it's like, there's something about like everyday life, but we'll put a twist on it and then we'll have people. It's do more high concept. Of- yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And I think that that's that the time where he could be like, "It's going to be about two, two twenty, and we're
0: just going to kind of live with people and soak in it that That seems to be over, I think he's really good at taking people who are a little bit odd or different, not traditional leading people and then making them seem like they're leading people, which it actually seems like it's an obsession of his to some degree, definitely. And like Siegel, he's just like really tall, mm-hmm. you know, he's like this big doofus. and he uses that in this movie to his advantage, like his size, like from that Matumbo line all the way through. But it like Pete Davidson's a really good example of that. Like he's just weird looking in a really kind of not in a bad way, but just like way. he's just yeah. different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he's magnetic in a way. Everything yeah. about him is just kind of like I don't even know who you would compare him to. And Apatow sees people like that and he's his instinct is I want to make a movie with them. Would you say forgetting
2: Sarah Marshall is your favorite of those these movies from this time?
0: No. But I like it a lot. I think it's in the running for uh, best rom-com of the last 12 years. Because I think it is a rom-com. Yeah. So if you're looking under that lens, I th- it's certainly like the 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 one that brings the most to the table. It
2: is a very sort of male purview rom-com. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the jokes, a lot of dick humor, a lot of the Jonah Hill and Paul Rudd stuff, even the Jack McBrayer stuff. Like, it doesn't have the same tonality that a Nora Ephron movie does but it is, it is ultimately a romantic comedy about two people finding each other
0: Let's end with producer Craig explaining to us why this is his favorite movie of the last 12 years
2: <laughs> I just think every single part of it there's just like it's just a movie of like ten really good scenes I wish you guys
0: I, I think the best scene is when he like just the montage of him being a bum at his house and like him in the same sweatpants for five straight days and like <laughs> singing that sad piano song about having to go to the psychiatrist I don't know. <laughs> Peter you suck write some music but instead you sit and write these bullshit songs it's so self-loathing go see a psychiatrist I hate the psychiatrist well go see one anyway I don't like th- Psychiatrist, you need to go
1: see one. See a psychiatrist. I'm not going. I just love it. Is that what you're like before you come in to record us? Exactly, yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm doing (laughs) downstage.
2: How many times have you imitated Gandalf in your own home?
1: Countless.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Gandalf
0: inside of you. Uh, That's it for uh, the rewatchables for this week. We're coming back next week with Broadcast News, which is one of the best movies of the last 35 years? Is that how long it's been? One of the best of the 80s, for sure. Um, Best since the 1930s. is (laughs) an insanely influential movie. And if you haven't seen it, and you probably haven't if you're like under 30, I would highly recommend it because I think it's influenced um, the movies that came after in a bunch of different ways. And influenced this movie, and influenced Apatow, and influenced Cameron Crowe, and a lot of the movies that we love. I don't feel like it's that dated. I promise that if you like movies and you like this podcast, there's no way you won't like broadcast news. And we make the case that it's probably the best movie of the 80s. So that is on Sling. Go watch that and uh, see us next week on The Real Lunchables.